Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, we're going to be doing uh, our review of Lincoln. And um, before we jump right into that, uh, I do just want to uh, cover our contest that we're having and make right. sure that we just throw that out every week. Uh, we're having a contest, the details of which are covered extensively in our Wreck-It Ralph review. Yep. And the way that you enter, you have to go to areyouscreening.com. You have to go find the podcast page for Wreck-It Ralph, uh, which is not complicated to do or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, all the details are in there. All the details of what's involved in entering are on that page and uh, the prizes the prizes are actually, um, I will say, are the uh, Terminator 4 movie anthology on Blu-ray, the 30th anniversary uh, Blade Runner Blu-ray with the whole book and everything, and yeah, the little car, the car and everything that just yeah. came out, and a $50 Amazon gift card. And this is a contest that can only have 30 possible entries. So, you know, if you get your entry in, I mean, you have a pretty good yeah. chance of winning, especially compared to like, you know, lots of internet, else, internet right. contests All where those other posers, right. You know, it's like there, there, million. there might be right. Thousands and thousands right. of entries by the time you enter. So it has to do with, uh, giving our show a rating on, on iTunes, iTunes yeah. which we are trying to boost our ratings and reviews on iTunes. And, you know, it's not like uh, you have to rate us five stars and say that we're the best thing ever in order right. for it to count. You just go leave a rating. doesn't matter what it is. Right. Go to the post of Wreck-It Ralph and uh, let us know what your, you know, what, what your name was, what or, your review was yeah. or, you know, whatever. Right. So that we can find you and, and give you your price. And that is going to end at the beginning of the year. If we don't get enough entries, right. Uh, Seriously, I will blow my mind if we cannot get enough entries. I don't know what I have to give away to get somebody to do it. But well, the deed on your house would be you know you've got you've got more than one free movies for like ten years or something. I don't know. Anyway, so that's going on. Um, And actually, uh, oddly enough, I don't think we really have anything else necessarily going on. We did get um, uh, several emails, so that is awesome because we love getting emails. If you want to connect with us, talk to us. Tell us our reviews are horrible. Tell us your views <laughs> on whatever movie you know we have we, we've discussed recently or whatever. Right. Uh, you can email the show itself at markiesman at rescreening dot com. The uh, phone is open. You can call in right now at three four seven three two four three zero two two, and there is a chat room open at the Blog Talk Radio. The phone page. is big now that we're throwing out the phone number all over the place because of the show we did last week. Right. And, and how successful that worked for us technologically. I don't know if the numbers right, were really there, right. but technologically, we Actually, handled that pretty well. It, it ended up being at kind of a goofy time. We get to play with it more, too, because we have some interview clips to play. Right. Yeah. Um, we have 
Uh, they're not huge long things, but we have a couple of clips uh, from Steven Spielberg and Daniel Day-Lewis interviews that you know we'll play so they can talk about the movie. And actually, I think these clips, I uh, you know there are uh, there were a a jillion things I had to choose from, but I, bet. I think what I got. It uh, works for me anyway because it talks about <laughs> – You didn't run anything by me. So right. It talks apart, about uh, the movie in a sense <laughs> that I think works. And I do want to actually say I didn't give like a little intro to the show this week about you – know, I throw out the little blurbs that confuse you and throw you <laughs> off and everything. But if you're if you happen to be new to the show – the theory of the show is that we are actually, uh, you know, two critics who have some degree of credentials in the right. in the movie review game. Um, and you know, when we're writing our reviews, writing a review, I found after uh, a decade Forever. of doing it, right. is a very different thing than you know when you're just kind of shooting the breeze right. with knowledgeable people about movies and yeah. everything. And you kind of, you know, you do something different when you go, okay, now I'm writing a review. And you think about the movie different. You're going to talk about different things. Yeah. And I wanted to do a podcast. I found so many movie podcasts that that's what they do, basically, is they, like, write a review and just say it, and then read it uh, on, yeah. a, on a podcast, pretty much. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to just have a show where we just, you know, talk about the movie just exactly the same way as, you know, when we're walking out of the theater and people talk about the movie right. and whatever. Um, the reason I want to mention that, you know, the disparity between what we do here and and what we, in, I guess, some sense, more normally do or, you know, yeah. writing reviews and everything, is that, first of all, this movie makes it tricky. This is Yeah, we'll get a – because I, mean, I think we both have the same disclaimer. Because this is a movie where – you know, what other things are you going to talk about, really? I mean, the, because it's just, you know, it's that kind of movie. I mean, yeah. it's like... Um, well, you got This is a film where we normally don't opine about how much we will bore people about talking about cinematography. Right. It, this is going to be one of the things we got to talk about. Right, because that, Strangely enough, this is like a time period, epic kind of melodrama, and the cinematography is kind of a big thing. Right. And and even, you know, the more the more dramatic kind of elements of it right. and the, you know, themes that it's right. trying to deliver and everything. So uh, I want to throw that out just because this will be kind of a strange film. It's kind yeah. of like, uh, I mean, I don't even know, like, you know, Black Swan or something. Like, right. talk about that movie, like, just two guys walking out of the yeah. theater. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a quick conversation, what, but what I know exactly. Mean? I know exactly the conversation what, I'd have. What would that mean? And you know, the other reason that I wanted to mention that is because I'm going to say something very strange. Okay. And I want to have you know like that buffer in, oh, bet in yeah, between, want, yeah, so that okay. I can say, you know, this is the kind of thing you don't get in movie reviews. This is right. the kind of thing that if if I sit down to write my review of Lincoln. Uh, you know, you're never going to get. But I kept thinking it all through this movie. Right. And so it's like the kicking off. It's my kicking off point. So you're going to lay off this. This for, is the strange for thing how, right now. For how all it right. is. Yeah. Uh, so right, I'm ready. So here's my thing that, I, you know, I just kept thinking about as I was watching this movie. We have a radio station here. Yeah. That uh, I continually think I, I like this radio <laughs> station. I'm not going to mention it. We're here in Bangor, Maine, the home right. of you know the world's biggest radio station. Right. So, right. We have a radio station here that I mm -hmm. love half the time and hate half the time. Okay. 
And it always strikes me listening to the radio station that I think, you know, there's another group of people who are the exact opposite of me, right? right? But I can't figure out who the person would be who would love that radio station all the time. And that's really how I felt during this movie. Half the time I loved this movie and half the time I I didn't hate it, but you weren't in love. But I didn't it. like it very much right. in, in, in several parts. I didn't really hate it. I don't know if there's really hate is way too if there's word for if it. there's any way to really like hate whatever. I mean, because yeah. it, it definitely is is doing good work right. most of the time. But right. there were times that I really loved what this movie was doing, and there were times that I really didn't like what it was doing, and I just kept thinking, who loves all of this movie. And I could not really put that together because it seemed like such a strange dance that was going yeah. on as we, as we went from like scene to scene, you know, there, uh, we would be talking about one thing and I would think it was great. And mm-hmm. we'd start talking about another thing. And I would think it was, you know, just kind of like showy goofiness right. kind of. Right. And it almost, like I said, just before we went on, the movie got very close to warhorsiness mm-hmm. at times for me because you know so if you're listening and you thought warhorse was the greatest movie you ever saw then you know exactly where to disagree with any point <laughs> right. of view or dismiss any point of view i might have because i thought warhorse was goofy you hated that movie nonsense i didn't exactly even hate that movie as much as i kind of hated the idea of the yeah. movie yeah. i mean it just was it just was, you know, any other movie you've seen with an animal, only with like two hundred million dollars thrown at it, right. and and have you right. know like a world famous director, mm-hmm. really, and it was like so. <laughs> any other movie? It with was an animal, so like it. syrupy and yeah. just uh, it, too it, it pantingly sentimental. Yeah, you know, and it I was hate films that do that. And it was it was almost like it was. There were so many parts of it where it was like, you know, all right, we're gonna you know say bad things about. Germans or whatever, right. but it but it was kind of like you know that movie has this whole kind of background thing to it where it's like oh but look like you know the Germans were just real people too or whatever right. and and you know whatever I don't know it it just had like this almost politically correct out that it was trying to build into itself where you couldn't say things bad about it because it was somehow politically correct or else if you didn't like it it was like you know, shooting a dog. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? You can't. Yeah, no, Spielberg yeah. is a weird guy for me and some of my friends in the past. It happened most, it happened with the most volume when Saving Private Ryan came out. And Saving Private Ryan was a film that a lot of my friends just didn't like, but genuinely couldn't say it loud enough because the sentiment behind it was this is, you know, all the veterans got behind it. And, Right, all the awards right. got behind it, and everyone said you had to like it. And if you didn't like it, then, well, damn it, you weren't an American, you know, or right. you've never known history. And and after time, I think they they liked it a little bit more. At least for me, Saving Private Ryan was like a spectacle when I saw it. Right. And I saw it under interesting conditions. I actually saw an advanced screening with survivors of, you know, different military battles and, and wars. And it was hard to to be sour on it then, just because there's a permanent like emotion right. when you're there. It's almost like um, you know Schindler's List too, or something. Exactly. Like you thing. can't say you, you can't don't say like that thing unless you're Jerry Seinfeld and you're making out <laughs> right. Schindler's List. You, you can't, can't right. say you a can't bad say thing you don't it. like it because it's just that's 
how dare political you. suicide right. to you know say anything bad. There's a fine line between films that you can say like the artsy like mega films like The English Patient. You know, I hate The English right. Patient. I can say that, but I can't say I hate Schindler's List. Right. And there's a thin divide there, not of talent or anything, but just the spectrum right. doesn't let you. But just where our subject matter is. Anyway, that's just you know a, a weird thing that I would never otherwise say, but it was just it somehow that just kept popping in my mind when I was watching this movie that's because funny. I really was just thinking, I actually this is one of the first times in quite a while that I actually have no idea what your reaction is uh, to the movie yeah. because we did not say really anything uh, it, on the way out. And again, we saw this Friday night. We saw the late show Friday night. We saw like a 9.45, It was 9.30-ish, and we didn't get out until almost 1, right. and it was very cold, and right. they don't have a heated pathway to our cars, so when we leave, and now it's too cold, we both look at each right. other. We were, we were like, like, okay. I'll talk to you later. Like right. I'm, I can see my breath coming out of my toenails, so I'm leaving. Right. I do have to say, just for the sake of Full disclosure that right. you did fall asleep during the movie. I point. totally <laughs> did. I, I totally did. And this was another thing. Like, this is – I'm wearing the same thing. Not, not this exact same outfit. I'm actually wearing the same comfortable fleece because it's cold out today. And this thing is like a nap blanket. Like, this right. makes me put my thumb in right. my mouth and just start rocking back and forth a little bit. Like, I was so comfortable in it, and then I got so hot. And and then I got bored. And then and then we had the lean, the, the the really leany seats. Yeah. So you could kick way just, back. Oh, that was a murderous thing. If I'd been more uncomfortable, I don't know if I would have fallen asleep. But I went out for for about it was one of those fast ones where you're gone for like thirty seconds, but it felt like I had a full hour. Right. Yeah. And I remember just waking up, just looking at opening. I didn't even wake up because I didn't really go to sleep. Like I was in sleep mode, but yeah, I, you I opened were my eyes. Dude. I know I did. <laughs> I looked at you and you were like, "Really?" <laughs> I'm like, "Ah, what can I do?" You know, I'm tired. Anyway, anyway, that was just you know I don't know what your impression is, but that was my impression well, is that I, there were a lot of things about this movie. First of all, I think it's very odd, and uh, there you know there have been many interviews with uh, Steven Spielberg where he talks extensively about why this movie covers exactly what it covers and the time frame and the, mm -hmm. you know, this and that. And we're trying to get the man behind the myth and, and everything. But I really thought it was weird that this movie was just not called the 13th amendment. Right. I mean, it, it's kind of misleading, I think, to call this movie Lincoln because this movie spans four months mm -hmm. and that's not a movie. If you ask me, that's titled the guy. Right. That's the <laughs> I mean, thing. The time or the thing. Right. And so so the movie kicks off. It is basically we're we're in the middle of the Civil War and it is the four month period basically just before Lincoln gets killed mm -hmm. that covers mainly what had to happen to get the thirteenth Amendment passed right. to abolish slavery and how that happened and I you know, kind of our showcase is, I think, Lincoln as, you know, the man behind the president or something. I yeah. mean, the, the real person-ness of, of Lincoln and, I guess, sort of the finagling that had to happen right. or that he tried to get to happen and obviously ultimately happened. Right. But, but what it really took – and. And one of the interesting things is that, you know, not that you have to be like a real scholar of history uh, to 
understand this, but one thing that just, I mean, this has nothing to do with the plot or whatever, but mm-hmm. that I think just stands out and like struck me as interesting is the number of people who are going to go into this movie and go, wait, don't they mean Democrats? Right. Because, you know, the political parties were completely reversed at, right. the, time, at the time of right. like the Republicans were very liberal and, and the and Democrats it's, and were it's, totally conservative. And it's and very and, it's very odd feeling to like go into this movie and have people try, you know, those right. damn Democrats right. and they're, they're not totally let us do conservative anything ways and they're going to try and to everything. keep in your yeah. like, what? Yeah. So anyway, but that's just I mean, that's where this movie goes and it is a very short span of time to have a biopic-ish movie where this is really all we're going to look at. And that's pretty much all the movie is. And it's kind of, it's trying to get us the behind the scenes stuff, but it, there's a combination of seeing him behind the scenes, seeing the way he ran the white house and, and I guess what life was like, you know, behind the scenes, whatever, but also what happened in order to try and like get these Democrats, make sure that we got all the Republicans because we weren't absolutely sure of that. Right. And we've got a, you know, huge war going on at the same time that we have to deal with to a certain extent. And, you know, that's pretty much what the movie covers. And it's just up to the road to getting the amendment passed. Go ahead. Well, I was just I was just thinking it, it you're right in a way it's like almost not just about this guy. I mean, obviously you want to if you get Daniel Day-Lewis in your film and he's doing his method acting, which he's great at doing, you want to put him front and center anyway. But you're right. It, it's a it's a strange thing that they decided to do it like that. And I guess the idea is that when you realize even if you don't know a lot about history, even if this movie is the history lesson you get, then you come to realize later like okay, Lincoln was really the only guy that was going to make this happen. That right. all of this does happen because basically you could argue one man, but it's not him. It's his it's his like five guys. It's Lincoln and right. his like three or four cabinet members that aren't gonna give up because he won't let them. Right. Um although most of them are trying to convince him not to do it. Right. So. A, lot, a lot of the times like David Stratham is just like, Look, we right. are not gonna get this done and he's like, We have to. Right. We are going you know? to get this done. It's a it's an interesting film. Um I was trying to, I mentioned to you before we started, I was telling a friend of mine who was <clears throat> excuse me thinking about taking his kids to it and i just thought they're they're a little too young for it to be interesting but with the exception of a particularly grisly and awful um a little bit scary for kids uh start to the film where they're showing soldiers fighting right and this is a spielberg film so you know they were only carrying flashlights there was no guns or anything which is a dumb et joke but you there's besides the moment of one soldier drowning another in a puddle you know where they're fighting which was terribly grisly and awesome at the same time right there's really no blood splatter there's no packets of violence there's no beheadings this is really like no sex no violence and strangely enough i can see that when this comes out you're gonna have history teachers showing this like three days monday tuesday wednesday in school right as a lesson to showing them like what happened like what do politics look like you know in in lincoln's time they're going to have a review on thursday and a quiz on friday right like this is that kind of friendly showing of it and it's more it's more like uh talking than explosions you know it's really just about seeing how lincoln when he's in trouble 
loves to pour himself a drink and sit down and tell you a funny story about some right. guy he met. And, he's at, and great in fact, at, it. at almost any point, <laughs> anytime, <laughs> any any level of stress he's got in his life, he's happy to pull up a chair and just tell a room full of people right. about a guy he knows in Nantucket or whomever. And, and it's, it's funny, but what what I think is. Uh, you know, one of the great things. So, like, I already talked about how I, you know, I love the movie and I don't love the movie, yeah. and it has its it has its variation of points. Um, you know, pretty much the parts that I don't <laughs> like about the movie that I thought for me almost kind of took me out of what I was watching, and I was irritated by it because yeah. I liked what I was watching. Right. You know, that's that's one of the worst things for me is when it sort of feels like you're watching two movies, when someone is trying to force you to watch one movie by having this other cool movie that you're interested (laughs) in watching. And then they go, okay, now the price you pay for that is that I'm going to make you watch this. Right. And there's a lot of stuff in this movie that is um, on the good side. There's a lot of stuff in this movie and we'll have a, a Spielberg clip where he kind of talks about this where what they're trying to do is show you that you know look he's just a guy right he's a certain kind of guy and he's the guy who had better have been in the position he was in at that time or things would have been very different and everything but you know he's just a guy he's got his kids he's got his wife and you know as as goofy and you know almost infuriatingly kind of syrupy as this might have turned in a different movie in different hands when he like lays down on the floor with his kid it actually works right. absolutely perfectly i thought yeah, it, it, it was, was a brilliant great and if you saw that in another movie right. you know that could go so wrong that you'd just be like rolling your eyes Okay, and we're back, I think. Interesting. Um, yeah, sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> now, that was like several minutes of dead air. Chain was talking for a really long time. I was reading I, I, I don't know what happened, but uh, I'm going to – let me just let launch the, the chat back up. Yeah, the computer just exploded. That's funny. And, and uh, actually – It gave you a blue you, screen you know, it, it, it was like an Xbox. In all honesty, getting back on the air this fast was pretty – Pretty lucky. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure what would happen there, but yeah, I, we got the total blue screen of death on the computer, and we got logged out. So, um, thanks for filling the air, <laughs> even, well, even though it didn't do anything. I don't think anybody can hear it. It would be funny if we have someone in the chat. It'd be awesome if they were listening and they could be like, "Yeah, there was total dead space," or "I could hear you." Uh, yeah, I think. I don't think there's that, any way they could hear us. I think it. Said, I think it worked. Shut it all down. Yeah, I think it worked for a while until it it got to the point where we had to restart the computer. And uh, apologies for our technical error. I've yeah, absolutely no that. idea why that happened, but. I love how I jinxed it, too, by accident. I'm talking about how we should get all kinds of phone calls because we've mastered the technology. Right. And then your computer's like, I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> right. I'm not letting you back in the airlock. We'll see about yours. Well, I guess uh, I won't go through everything I just said, especially because I don't know where it cut off. But one of the things that I was trying to say was that the movie is, despite what negative things I have to say about it soon, <laughs> it was interesting to me because it's, it's more interesting to me because of the story that has to happen, which is Lincoln has to, while juggling all these different things that are going on, the war, 
um, trying to pass the legislation, trying to get the Democrats to get on board while keeping all the Republicans that they have. He's got so many things to try to maneuver and almost single-handedly is the only cheerleader behind getting this thing done because everyone on his team thinks it's not important. Right. And how he did that, this movie actually doesn't – I'm not a huge history buff. I know a fair amount of stuff to hold in a conversation, and I know a fair amount of stuff that this movie didn't necessarily show me lots of new things. But I don't think that this thing took many liberties, if any. Like, this was really difficult for Lincoln to no. do, and it pretty much plays it straight. Like, this is how impossible it almost was to get done, and he managed to do it just at the end by sheer tenacity. It, You know, it is a good retelling, I think, of yeah. the you know legitimate story. And what I think is even interesting about this movie is that even for that, this movie kind of almost sells short how, you know, really brilliant he was yeah. in order to make it happen. I mean, it, he was it, really it was complicated, and, and he had to have a lot of balls in the air all at the same time. And the other thing that that this movie, even though it does kind of, get you there, but it sort of sells a little bit short the impact that, you know, had it been anybody else, right? we would, you know, the, the southern states probably would be their own country still. Right. I mean, because that was the way out everybody wanted. You know, they yep. would... Let them go. You that know, talk yeah. peace, not right. surrender and, and you know, you're back in the, in the United States. Right. Everybody around him was really leaning a lot more towards, look, this has gone on long enough. Let's right. talk peace, and you know and they'll be their country yeah, we'll or, take or whatever. Right. But so many different ways that things could have gone so many different ways. Yeah. And it was very interesting how it comes through in the movie that you know he's selling this as a way to end the war. Yeah. Even though the way to end the war is the peace talks that he's refusing to have, right? When a lot of people, you know, would be saying, you know, you mean there's peace talks to be had? Then, right. then let's talk peace. Let's do and it. A yeah. lot of people are on that side, but he's selling this as a way to end the war. Sort of disingenuously, right? He knows, and he's he admits to, you know, several times, except that. It that it, it's it actually is a way to end the right. war because right. once it passes, then he goes you know to the vice president of the Confederacy and he's like, well look, right, it's over now. There's nothing. So you want to come back? This is how it is. Right. right. And and if you don't, right. you know, whatever. Anyway, so it, it's there's so many things going on. But um, before we got cut off, what I was uh, trying to get to was, um. There's so much that I love about the movie that is all of the stuff that we're watching that's about, you know, him, the regular guy, you know, by all accounts, this is exactly how Abraham Lincoln was, where, you know, we get a point, we get to a point in the movie where someone says, not one of your other stories again, and walks out, because that's really right. how he was. Right. He was forever just telling stories about, you know, I... When I was 15, right. I knew this guy, and then you know he's like Aesop sitting on the <laughs> yeah, sitting really. on his chair, right? And there's something about the way that that aspect of him is delivered that makes him like so regular guy yeah. and everything, and you know really kind of brings him down to a level that 
people can, you know, more relate to as opposed to like just this, you know, greatest president ever, you know, statue, right? And I loved all that part. And to a certain extent, I really kind of loved the way that we see the White House that he runs it and the way that we see, you know, the way the government worked and the way that it was. Yeah. A very crazy thing. And it's funny because it, if you watch the Senate today right. on TV, it's still, quite frankly, a bunch of crazy it's people in a room. Right. But um, it's not like, you know, in Lincoln's day, we were fresh from basically the way it was in England. Right. And and that's like sort yeah, of that's all we knew. What, we still what everybody over. knew, right. and so it was very much more like you know it was like a parliament, parliament or right. something, right? Yeah. And if you watch the Senate today and you watch Parliament today, right, the one is still very much like it was then, yeah. And the other is a little different, yeah. Yeah. So it it's pretty cool to see not only the way they act when they're you know in their role, right. But also just, you know, the stuff that goes on and yeah. and who's talking to who and, you know, right. what are the channels that you can do this in? Yeah, it's crazy. And even to the extent of uh, at, at one point really kind of far towards the end, but when uh, Tommy Lee Jones, you know, then changes his story. Right. And it's almost like that's like he's gone crazy. Right. It's you right. know to certain people who are in the room, they're like, we don't even know how to act now because yeah. <laughs> because it's you're writing the this whole This is so right. This is so different. Anyway, but I loved all that stuff where we were like, we're getting the story, we're getting the man, and then the other part of the movie that it was sort of like you know Spielberg was going, I'm going to make you listen to this as the payment for <laughs> watching the other movie, right? Is really just kind of all this, you know, what I want to say again is how bad slavery is. Mm-hmm. And what I want to make you listen to for a really long time yeah. is, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, how, how I guess, crazy it was back then or whatever. But, you know, really sort of the the plight, even though, you know, it's not like we see like, you know, slaves on the plantation or, right. you know, stuff like that. They're. There are some quotes even uh, of Spielberg. It might be in one of these clips I'm going to play where he talks about how, you know, um, we wanted to make the movie in a way that you kind of have to bring the horribleness of slavery with you because they don't really show it. And you have to bring the horribleness of war kind of with you too. how bad the Civil War was, even though they show you like little bits here. They they certainly give you like, you know, impressions of how bad it was, like when we got like the wheelbarrow full of limbs yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. But it's not like we really kind of give you that. You really kind of have to just bring it and we'll allude to it or whatever. Right. Except that that's just not true. Right. There's just so much where it's like, I just want to say that slavery is bad again. And, and there are parts where, you know, the Democratic senators... Mm-hmm you know, have to be just so evil. Right. At, not that, you know, some of them weren't probably, right. or some of them didn't, you know, say, you know, these could be like direct quotes from these people during right. the time. I don't know. But, but if they are, you should change them. Right. <laughs> because, right. You should or, rewrite history. Or not say that exact thing right. because <clears throat> it's not serving the purpose 
in my opinion, of yeah. of the movie because it's just because I want to say how bad this viewpoint mm-hmm. is, I'm going to make you listen to it for a long time. Right. And, you know, it it kind of gets to the point where, you know, the people who agree with us are allowed to be like real people. Right. And the people who don't are like twirling their mustache in the corner. And, right. and right. you know, as much as they – Maybe some of these people were really horrible, you know. Some of them were just right. guys too. This is like a, this is like a Spielberg thing too. It's like you know you can't. It's such a huge black mark on our history, but also just like when he's doing Schindler's List, you know, you can't say, "Look, I get it." You know, this genocide, this this Holocaust, all of this was bad. You don't have to keep telling me every thirty five minutes. I'm right. I'm there with For you three hours or you whatever. know right, but. But to reinforce it over and over again, and that happened a few times in the film that, in this film, yeah. you know, that were that were difficult. I love because you just said this, and it reminded me of it. Uh, sorry if I'm shifting gears for a sec. I love the portrayal of Washington, especially the White House. Like Abe Lincoln was, like you know, his wife said, they love you. He was a guy who, in his time, was incredibly beloved, right. and people would just love to come up to him and talk to him, and he was totally accessible. And he'd love to tell you a story. But I love how the White House just seemed like your uncle's house. Like anybody could go up to it and just walk in right. and go and, find Abe and be like, you know, this is something that's not right. And right. he'd and be like, well, sit down. Let me tell you a story. And, and I love that. I and it was awesome. And it was. And it, uh, for a long time it was. Yeah. And even especially to the point of, you know, that just being horrifically dangerous. Right. right. Somebody finally but, put it together. But, but we see – Parts of walking through the White House where, you know, it's like there's stuff laying all around. There's There's people milling around that are just like people who literally like just said, I'm going to go to the White House House. and and see the the president or whatever. And just wandered in. And it's funny that in the story, historically, uh, they've got Mary Todd Lincoln saying, you know, we cleaned this place up. This place was run down and we've swept it. We've cleaned it. And, you know, this is our house, you know, and it has this moment of historical significance that's funny to realize that it wasn't always like that. Right. This is only 150 years ago when it was like that. And not only that, but that is um, as as much as I can't stand Sally Field. Yeah, I know. I, I was no fan of her in this film at all. all no she, way. All she seemed to do was pop and cry. Right. Um, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, I could get really politically incorrect on Sally Field in a minute. Right, because, sure, sure. You do what you because, want. Because, uh, you know, I have a theory about... Um, <laughs> Sally Field. <laughs> I have a theory about actresses... Okay, here we go. I want to hear this. ...who are... Who are widely considered very good actresses, right. and you know, you know, it's not even a theory that I have to put forward because everybody knows what it is. But it bas- well, we might have some new listeners. It gotta, basically, gotta... it basically has to do with being attractive or not. Okay. And how easy it then becomes for people to say that you are or not a good actress. So you think for women, this is basically aesthetically tied to them. Like if you're good looking, you can be a good actress. And if you're not, which it sounds like you're saying Sally Field isn't, no, then you're that's a horrible not, actress. that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying the exact opposite <laughs> of that. The uglier you are, the better looking you are, uh, the better acting you have as far as your talent. Uh, no, I'm saying the <laughs> uglier you are, the more people will say you are a good actress. Oh, and right. it's okay to say you're a good actress. And people don't want to say that really, really gorgeous women are yeah. good actresses. 
And right. what happens in the movie industry is the people who, you know, repeatedly get the actual award for mm-hmm. best, best actress and the people who repeatedly are, you know, said to be among the best actresses right. are all unattractive, right. to say the least. And well, and uh, the, the more unattractive you are, the easier it is to get the roles mm-hmm. that that really require some acting. And once you do, nobody calls you on it. Right. Nobody says, you know, Glenn Close was horrible in that movie or Sally Field was terrible in that. It, right. It's just, that's just not what happened. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, well, okay. I'm not saying people have that in their mind no, going, know. you know, well, so she's ugly. So I'm going to say that she's good or anything, right. but that's just what happened. I've got two things to say about Sally Field personally. She was good in two moments in this movie. One is the scene where they're welcoming all these guests into their home, and she has this spirited discussion with another politician. Right, and that actually is a good moment. That that, that was a, that was the best. That was moment not only that, that she had, but I thought it was a really good moment in the movie. Right, anyway. exactly. That was not only a good a good thing for her, but that was a a good thing for the movie. To right, do. it was it was fun, and it wasn't like dragging and it needed a breath of fresh air. It was just this was a really fun set of dialogue, and right. she got to play it off. And then there's a moment near the end when everything's finally passed and they're just taking a, a carriage ride, you know, and I thought that was okay. Right. But everything else with her, I've seen her too much this year. And, Every, and, you everything know, else. Spider-Man, Lincoln, uh, I'm all Sally Fielded out. I don't need to see exactly. any more of Sally Field for another a- few years. Everything else that she does in this movie, I agree that those two parts were good. And I do want to just say that one scene that you were talking about that was a great scene because that's exactly what happened when Abraham Lincoln went to the White House because, you know, the East Coast people had, you know, run the White House, right. you, you know, for uh, – as and they run basically the Senate. And the people from the East Coast who are in politics or who, you know, who were in politics, they basically like kind of put up with the senators from other right. places and kind of make sure that they know that they're – in their in their right place and everything. Yeah. And now you had, you know, like like Mary Lincoln says in the movie, right? right? Now you had like this hick president showing up to the right. White House and yeah. everything. And basically they came to the White House to find like the place like practically in ruins right. and the Senate, you know, tying up the purse strings on what they could spend to yeah. do things and everything. But back to but those two scenes were good and um the that first one it might have gone on a little long. It felt like it was getting longer, but I was having but fun it with it. Was, I was all right with but it. But it was a good scene for sure. But everything else she does in this movie. Yeah, I'm not you, a big fan. You of put it. a really hot chick in this movie in her role <laughs> right. and have her act exactly the same way Sally Field did in yeah. all the rest of this movie, and the critics would just destroy her. Right. Whoever it was. If she was, if you had a really attractive person in the role, that's all yeah. I'm saying. I'm, all right, uh, I understand. Anyway, um, you have a clip you want to play? You want? Uh, I have a couple, and uh, now that we've had our major malfunction, we're right. kind of getting low on time. The reason that I've I've got all these clips is because they kind of uh, talk towards the things that I thought actually were really good about the movie. Because okay. even though I'm giving like this weird Mix kind of, of feel, well, we both have this thing. Right? I. I did really like a lot of it. Yeah, I did too. Um, 
And there was so much of it that I was just really liking it yeah. that, for one thing, I was surprised that it was a Spielberg movie because it's been a long time since I was in a Spielberg movie thinking right. that I really, really liked right. it. But anyway, um, there's actually two that are Spielberg and one that's uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, and you know, obviously the Day-Lewis one is more fun, so I'm going to play that one first. <laughs> okay. I loved everything about that book, so that was a great beginning. But, but reading objective accounts about the life take you so far. M- most of what is m- becomes more interesting to me at a certain moment is uh, is, the, is to try and grow towards a subjective understanding of of that man's experience, um, whoever it may be. Um, and in that case, the legacy of his writing was hugely important. You get such a sense of him through it's wonderful, not just his speeches, but also uh, stories that he told. Um, and there are many contemporary accounts of those stories, which one assumes are fairly accurate, I mean, give or take. Um, but, um, but to get a sense of his thought and the movement through his thought towards a conclusion... Um, that's a unique uh, treasure, really, to have, to have that available. It's the man himself that invites you because he was so open. And that was one of the most beautiful surprises of getting to know him was was um, the, how <laughs> insanely accessible that man was. At the time, it was actually physically very dangerous, in his case, to be accessible. But the White House was, you know, an ever-open door. People could come and go. I think it was Seward that probably finally said enough already, um, uh, because his his uh, open houses were just just it was bedlam in there, and he was accessible. Um, and and uh, some part of him was. Um, so that, that became an opening in a way, I think. You one almost felt welcomed. Um, uh, and so really, uh, he put me at my ease, uh, strangely. <laughs> Having first made me very uneasy, it was him that put me at my ease and gave me the thought that, well, maybe I could try to do this. So not that we didn't just say all that anyway, right. but um, I really thought that that was uh, you know, an interesting clip to play because that is sort of exactly what worked for me in the movie. And it may come to the point where the, the movie's actually, you know, maybe Daniel Day-Lewis can make a movie good in spite of any other problems right. it might, might have or whatever, because yeah. You know, what he talks about in thinking about playing Lincoln and talks about as part of his life, that, you know, comes through exactly in this movie. His will is amazing. Yeah. All right, and here is a couple of Spielberg. Well, I was determined to make a movie about a working president, not a posing president. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was a statesman a highly effective military leader, he was a father, a husband, and everybody believes he was one of our country's greatest writers. And I hope our film shows how really multifaceted he was. But we basically concentrated our story on Lincoln's political skills. Uh, He was intuitively brilliant, 
he always took the broad view, but he never lost his own ideals, and he could almost see into the future, but he never forgot where he came from or where the country came from. And all of this was accomplished while looking always continuously deeply inside himself. We chose to tell a little-known story about one of the most important events in American history, which was the fight to pass the 13th Amendment that abolished slavery. And to give that complicated story its due and to explore it in as much detail as we felt it deserved, we counted on the audiences for Lincoln to supply the now universal understanding that slavery was horrific, the same way we count on the audience's awareness of the horrors of the Civil War itself, which visually occupies only a very small portion of our film. Well, we focused only on the last four months of Lincoln's life because we wanted to show Lincoln accomplishing something great, something really monumental, and that was abolishing slavery and ending the Civil War. However, we also wanted to show that he was a man, not a monument and that our best hope of understanding and doing justice to this immensely complicated person was to depict him beginning and then conducting and then concluding a very, very complex action, which was uh, the fight to pass the 13th Amendment on the floor of the House of Representatives. We hoped to locate an event that also hadn't been previously dramatized but had very, very significant and very, very legitimately high stakes. And we also wanted to be able to include Lincoln's family dynamic, but again, only at the moments in which they actually collided with the public events that this whole story is about. That's actually a really good point. So, you know, the thing about those clips that, um, uh, you know, I picked uh, through interviews sent to me and everything, mm -hmm. uh, the thing is that... Um, those statements pretty much highlight all the parts that I loved about the movie. And yeah. it, the real thing is that if the movie I got had been exactly what they said, right. then, it been... then it would have been, you know, five stars. Right. If, if this movie would have, um, you know, continued all the, the parts of it, like the best parts of it, mm -hmm. and you had kind yeah. of one yeah. uniform, solid, solid construction... Yeah. It would have been five stars, like right. easily. Right. And it just doesn't. You know, when Spielberg right. is talking about we wanted to do this and we wanted to look at this. Yeah. And we wanted to maybe look at this other thing, but only in insofar as it, you know like as it crosses and impacts yeah, as these it, other things. Right. And that's smart as hell. And and the movie certainly does that. Yep. It, and <laughs> and it does exactly what you would expect it does from uh, listening to Daniel Day-Lewis's mm -hmm. clip there, right. which he brings him through so well, it's, it's amazing. Um, except that that's not all it does. Right. And, and that's the problem. He right. talks about how we wanted to do this, we wanted to do that, and we did. Right. And then apparently we weren't done or the movie wasn't long yeah. enough or, you know. Well, it's hard. You know, you've got this, you've got a bunch of different tasks. Forget that his family is in the movie but not in the movie a lot. They're in it like what Spielberg says. They're in it when they contrast or clash with what's going on. Right. If he's trying to get this piece of legislation, which they're focusing on, um, which happens to coincide with the end of the war. 
obviously before his assassination. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you're trying to do, but, you know, you're also kind of limited with the time of the day as well. Not that we have 24 right. hours in our day, but back then things didn't move. Like, you didn't email your other congressional districts. Right, like, you right. got on a horse or a train. There's a moment where... There's a moment where one of the people says, all right, we're going to go. How far is it? She's like, it's 100 miles. He's like, I got to leave right now. Right. You know, and he's going on a rickety old wagon, and it's going to take him a long time to go right. 100 miles. You know, and part of that sympathy that I have for the job that they're trying to do, which is tell this really interesting, difficult situation with all the awesome solutions that they all came up with, with also all the happenstance and providence that they were benefited of. In a time frame that doesn't feel like you're trying to cover four months, but you have to still tell it in four months. Right. So stretching here, brief there, stretching here, and it just feels uneven and not fluid and not cohesive and disjointed. Right. But that's actually kind of the trick. I don't know how else you tell that story, you know, in a film, in a standalone film. Like if you had a week on the History Channel, I'm sure you could do it easier. But right. Well, and, you know, the thing is, like, I think that for me, especially after, like, listening to those clips, everything that's wrong with the movie Mm-hmm. is every point in the movie where I feel like that's not what they're actually doing right now. Right. You, you, <laughs> Cut that part. You know, when right. we're, that's not what's right. happening. That's when not what I'm looking right. at right now. Um, and we are getting close on time, and uh, we should kind of wrap up. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing that I want to say before we go is um, – and I, you know, I don't want to run out of time before we get to this, but I do want to say we got a lot of emails, and we kind of got like sidetracked uh, off of this at at some point when I was talking about this earlier. And you know, we love the emails, and you know, please send us emails. Yeah, tell us what you think. If there's you know an upcoming movie, and you want to make sure that we talk about right something or whatever, you know, send us emails. We got a lot of emails that basically just said that it was very cool that Frank DeCaro was on our show. Oh, and, cool. And he was a lot of fun and yeah. didn't really, you know, have questions or anything. But we got That's a fair cool. we got a fair amount of emails um saying that that, that was very that was a good cool. show. Nice. And it was actually a lot of fun. They weren't all on. they weren't all from Which, Frank, right? Like Frank right. DeCaro I think, won at Yahoo. Right. I think <laughs> I think a few of them were right. <laughs> Um, no, but funny. but it, but that was actually uh, yeah, that's really, really cool. cool, and you know that's one of those things where you never know how we didn't know selling how your gonna book go. is going right. to go yeah. on on the thing. But right. you know, being cool. that he I'm was a movie like critic that. for a long time, I was going to let him sure have his thing. Right. Anyway, but um, you know, it's good to hear from people that 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 was right. positive. I thought it was crazy fun, and oddly I thought it was enough, really fun. I thought, I really want this book now. As soon as we were yeah, done, I was yeah. like, man, I, I actually do I'm want have to check this out. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, we should wrap up on this and I really feel like, you know, I want to rate this movie higher than I can make myself rate it. I think is the odd place I'm in with this movie right now, which that is not uh, something that comes up a lot for me anyway, because I want to give this movie like four, four and a half stars, mm-hmm. and I can't bring myself to do it. I yeah. think, like, the best I can give this is three and a half. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's definitely not average, and we always talk, you know, a lot about, right. um, do you start, do we start from zero? You know, like, some, some weeks we go, I'm starting at zero, right. and then I'm going to be really nice and give you, like, a star. <laughs> right. But, you know, a lot of times we're talking about, if this was exactly average, and then where are we from there? Right. And, you know, it's better than average. It's, it's a decent bit better than average. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the parts that are good are really good. Yeah. There, It's just that, you know, I feel like 
there's some part of me that wants to rate this higher in some really non-objective way. Right. Like not that, you know, movie criticism is is an objective science, right. but I try to I try to have some kind of at least thought towards objective ideas or something. Yeah. And, you know, there's something subjective about this movie that makes me want to rate it higher, especially just because of how good a job they do at mm -hmm. giving us Lincoln and giving us this scenario of what happened, like Spielberg said in that quote, you know, something that is not really something everybody knows, right. how it went down. Right. And that's really cool, but I just kind of can't yeah. bring myself to go higher than like three and a half. Daniel Day-Lewis is awesome. The guy is, he deserves his awe. He's right. so, I'm such a huge Daniel Day-Lewis fan, not only for all the work that he does, but for the fact how he does it. And Spielberg is, despite the stumbles that sometimes I have with him, he's amazing. He's one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. I think he's, in, in a way, when I go to a film that's Spielberg, I work backwards. I'm like, all right, this is a five-star film. Right. Now let's see how you screw right. it up. Um, based on the strength of it, the look of it, the aesthetic, the actual, like I said before. And we didn't actually talk about cinematography, we didn't, well, which I did, was amazing. I did, I did in the five minutes that we well, were right, out there. Right. Um, but all the things that go, it's funny that you say it like that. I'm, I want to so badly reward it with bigger ratings, but then I, I get close to the edge and I'm like, I, I can't. You right. know, I want to get it so close to four, but it's not a four-star film for me. Yeah. So it's three and three quarters, you know, or three and three and a half. I know you, <laughs> you have, have to be three. a little bit higher well, I than wanna, me. No, I'm, I just I'm happy want to with be higher than you. No, it's not the price is right. The price is right. No, I understand. It's like, you know, I know how you love the quarter stars that I give, but it's not quite four, but it is better than half. You know, I mean, it's better than average. Right. Well, and when, I, it, when it works, it's so good and captivating and interesting. And the political story, which turns a lot of people off, I think is it's really so well done. I, yeah. think, I don't think that there's a way you could nail it. But when you forget, like what you said, when you forget your objective and you're doing these things, whether or not you get the sense Spielberg is kind of a history, you know, buff now. He loves these right. scoping historical things. Maybe he was too close to let them run too far with the source material to just say, well, we've got to cut this here or cut right, that there. Right. Um, and, you know, he almost has a thing now where he demands that movies be two and a half hours. Well, he's like, like, he's he like the argument. Make people, a shorter yeah, movie, he's right? the argument people give big writers who just don't have an editor who can tell them, like, you got to cut 7,500 right, pages from right. this. You know, who's going to tell Steven Spielberg, dude, you I have, can't you see you because out, all the Oscars right. are in my way, but just cut this, right. you know. So I, I have, you know, I'm. And give it four. I wanted right, to, right. and it could have had it. It could have. That's exactly where I am, and it's, yeah. it's it's weird that we both. I was a little nervous we were going to no. be very different. Uh, uh, all right, I figured so, you were going to be like two, two and a half. I really thought you were more down on it. No, I, you know, I don't know. There, it, it's just it's, it's just weird. Love and if, they, logo. if we only talk yeah. about like a certain part, then yeah. I could easily be like one star on that part or yeah, something. Right, you know. Right. Um, so we do have to go, but actually, since you brought up the uh, three and three quarter stars, circumstances yeah. beyond our control have uh -oh. made me redesign the site. Oh. So now, actually, I can put any kind of crazy star rating oh, you, you good? want. Really? And, and well, good. Then I it actually works it. on a number system. So oh, perfect. It, it, in right. the, the back end works on a so number. So I give it a so 75, I put a number. Yeah, it gives three and three quarters. Right. Star. And then it translates it into stars. We got to uh, get out of here on in, purpose in the next few seconds. Thanks so much. We stuck around for our yeah, <laughs> beyond our thanks. technical difficulties. <laughs> and thanks for tuning in and uh, keep the emails coming. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.
can't wait to hear the show and see how that happened. See how that works. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.